Oh great, Lindsey Graham and Tom Tillis are trying to pass an amnesty bill again. You know, similar to the one that failed back in the 80s and is bound to fail again. Yeah, let's bring back something that was a nightmare. That's sure to work out real well. I'm sure it's exactly what the American people meant when they voted for Trump and therefore tougher border security. And nevertheless, they are trying to seduce Trump with this bull crap. Why is nobody talking about this? Why? They're still waiting until it's too late. That is why. Plus, the wall is going up, but the left is already trying to spin myths around it. Oh, look, they're, they're just taking ladders and hopping right over it. It's pointless. We'll expose those lies. And finally, we have one of y'all's favorites, Jesse Kelly, who says Bloomberg will be the nominee. Will he? I'm John Miller, and the White House Brief begins now. Oh, great news, great news. Senate Republicans looking to repeat the 1986 amnesty, and they are seeking President Trump's support. Of course they are. Of course they are. But before we get into the rhinos so hell-bent on destroying our country, I want to cheer you up a bit, if you can handle it, by telling you about how you need to get your caffeine fix every day with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Why don't you go ahead and sign up for the Black Rifle Co Club where the Black Rifle Club gives you discounts and discounted prices on your club orders, free shipping, and if you use my discount code, you will receive an additional 20% off your first order. Now, Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned and operated premium small batch roast-to-order coffee company for people who, uh, weirdly enough, actually love this country. They only import the highest quality beans from around the world and roast their coffees after you place the order. That ensures that you receive the freshest coffee available. They develop their explosive roast prof profiles with the same mission focus they learned as military members serving this great country. All Black Rifle Coffee Company blends are available in whole bean and ground varieties. They also have many roasts available for purchase in those single-serve coffee rounds. That's the thing. You put it in the machine, you pull the, the lever or whatever, and then the coffee just comes out into the cup. But I will say the best way to enjoy this freedom-filled coffee is with Black Rifle Coffee Club, where they ship it for free to your home or office every month so you do not have to worry about going to the store every week or every month and getting your coffee. No, instead, wake up to America's coffee by going to blackriflecoffee.com slash WHB. That is blackriflecoffee.com slash WHB. And then enter the discount code WHB to get 20% off your first order of any coffee products, including the Black Rifle Coffee Club. All right, so apparently the Republican Party thinks the key to victory, and actually they always have, is just to become liberal and looking exactly like the Democrat Party so that liberals will vote for them. I mean, then what is even the point of winning elections? Hmm? I mean, we keep getting fooled, and at a certain point you got to ask, well, then if we keep getting fooled, do we deserve it? Because we hold these guys up. Remember, after all, Lindsey Graham 2.0. What a hero. Am I right? Well, here's Gramnesty's and Tillis's, along with a number of other Republican sellouts, scheme called Farm Workforce Modernization Act of 2019. Well, what would you say are some of the biggest immigration issues that a bill purported to produce a stable and legal workforce would include? 
Well, I don't know. You might start with uh, security at the southern border, obviously. You might start with ending the crime-promoting hellholes known as sanctuary cities and ridding communities of dangerous criminal alien gangs and drug traffickers. Maybe you might even think of reforming H-2A guest worker programs. Those are the ones that let employers import unlimited numbers of workers each year. But, but, but no, that's ridiculous. What's at the top of the priority for certain Republicans? More amnesty for illegals. The Farm Workface Modernization Act would give amnesty, which includes work permits, green cards, and a path to citizenship to illegal aliens who have been working completely illegally in agriculture during the past two years. Congress knows this is not going to work. They know it. Why? Well, because it was tried already back in 1986, and it failed. Back then, remember, a lot of you probably do, Americans were told it was just going to be a one-time thing, a one-timer, a one-and-done. And then 2.7 million illegal aliens got amnesty. Over a million special agricultural workers got amnesty, plus their spouses and minor children. But clearly it was not. It was not just a one-time thing because instead of enforcing the crackdown that Reagan promised on illegal alien work in America, well, no, instead they immediately blocked enforcement of any of the laws that would actually do the whole cracking down part. And yet they kept the amnesty part. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Doesn't that just sound swell? Uh, no, because with a lack of the enforcement part, there's no chance it had an opportunity to work. Signing that bill was one of the biggest mistakes of Reagan's presidency. We can all admit that. But at the very least, we should use it as a, at least a learning opportunity. I mean, if we're willing to learn from it, which we're not at all. So here's what we got. Now the Democrats aren't just blocking enforcement. No, they've gone even further by openly by openly criminalizing it. They are criminalizing enforcement of the law in sanctuary cities and states. And then it just keeps on getting better and better and better because Republicans are now trying to do all over again what they did in 1986, even though it failed with this Farm Workforce Modernization Act. Now, the Farm Workforce Modernization Act, it was first introduced in the House by this woman. This woman. This woman's a Democrat. She's a Democrat representative from California named Zoe Lofgren. Now, just for a little bit of context, this woman was a manager for the House Democrats' impeachment of Trump. That's who this person is. This is who our Republican buddies in the Senate, like Tom Tillis and Lindsey Graham, are getting in bed with. How's that going to work out? So... She's uh, introduced the bill in the House. Tillis has been publicly praising the bill, according to sources who spoke with our editor at Conservative Review, Daniel Horowitz. Tillis has also met with several other GOP senators to support the bill. I mean, what kind of people would love a bill like this? Hmm? Who would adore a bill like this? Well, in fact, it would be giant corporations who get cheap labor without any of the burden that comes with illegals. They don't want to they don't want to have to have the problem of modernizing when instead they have this endless flow of illegal immigrants coming in from the south of the border. Now, interestingly, Horowitz points out nobody from the DHS was present at the meeting to offer, I don't know, the border security's perspective on the bill. Wouldn't you want to hear from them? 
And then what's worse is that they're courting President Trump. According to staffers, Senator Tillis of North Carolina is working with Senators James Langford of Oklahoma and Gramnesty as recently as last Wednesday to gain Trump's support. I, I think about that. Uh, this is a mass amnesty bill, and they've been working on getting Trump's support. They've been working on getting support from a president whose main promise was to crack down on illegal immigration. The only concern here, the only concern here, you would think, well, Trump would never. Well, Trump has been strangely silent about this. I mean, folks, this should be a no-brainer, especially in an election year. I mean, this should be a veto stamp ready to pound down on the desk. And due to what I believe are voices in his ear in the White House, um, my fear is that it might not be such a no-brainer. After all, I hate to say it, but the president has already caved on cutting the numbers of legal immigration as well as a mandatory E-Verify program. So as Horowitz puts it, if conservatives don't get to the president first, the swamp will. You know, that's why, as fun as it is, as fun as it is to say Dems have no shot in 2020, which I, I sincerely believe they don't. It is so important to pay attention to the actual issues, because what good is getting Trump into office if he's going to cave to the likes of liberal Republicans like Gramnesty and Tillis? That's no good, folks. That's no good. I don't even know if we should call that a victory, if that's going to be the case, because Trump can and has won elections by, by proudly proclaiming what he believes. I mean, there's no need to moderate those views. Stay firm in them, run on them, and win again. It's very simple. There's no complicated aspect to it. All right, Jesse Kelly on deck, here to talk about whether Trump is going to be up against Bloomberg, this guy, on the debate stage. I mean, can Bloomberg actually pull this thing off, the primary I'm talking about? That's coming up later. But first, I want to tell you about home title lock. You may have heard me talk about Deborah. Deborah's home was stolen. Yes, her actual home, not the stuff in her home, her home itself. Now, the FBI is calling home title theft one of the fastest growing white collar crimes. This story from Deborah is why my friends protect their home's title with home title lock. Now, Deborah says criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned it. And it only gets worse from there. Deborah says, I was evicted from my home and 85 grand in equity. Gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. And that's exactly why you need home title lock. Because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and don't know it yet. Then sign up to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Nobody wants to be like Deborah. So to get you started, I got you 60 risk-free days of protection. Go to hometitlelock.com, hometitlelock.com. That is hometitlelock.com. All right, we all know the left didn't want the wall, right? They kicked, they screamed, they wailed, and they lost. So the money's available. The wall's going up, folks. 
And that's a good thing. And in fact, the wall is working. That's a great thing. But you're going to hear misleading, out of context gloating from the left in any way they can fake it because being sore losers is frankly in their blood. This story was posted in the El Paso Times. Smugglers in Mexico use camouflage ladder to cross border wall. Basically, they make these rebar ladders that are rusted and, blend and they blend in with the wall to climb over. And predictably, that caused bitter leftists to cackle. They're so happy about this. They tweeted, what beats a 50-foot billion-dollar wall? A 51-foot ladder at 16 bucks. Yeah, so hilarious, so hysterical to have strangers breaking into your home. And this tweet with that video went viral. It says, this timeline, which is timeline, that's something the dopes who spend nothing but their day all on Twitter for the entire day called the universe, right, is determined to be the dumbest, and by God, you have to really appreciate its commitment to that sometimes. Well, what I really appreciate is these idiots because they honestly make my job so easy. They make fools of themselves, and then I get to correct the record using facts and little effort because, honestly, that's all it takes to do the research to learn that, of course, they don't know what they are talking about. Julio Rosas of Town Hall writes, the ladders are not being used on the new wall model because they are being used on the walls built in 2006. The video was not taken in El Paso. The video leaves out CBP arresting the people who crossed because it gives them time to respond. So in El Paso, they've got old fencing that smugglers are using these rebar ladders to climb over. And then when they cross, they get arrested. So the fencing they're talking about looks like this. That is not nearly as sophisticated a system as the new wall that's going up. So the video in, embedded in that tweet that I showed you earlier is of the new fence, but it does not tell the full story because here is a video Customs and Border Protection released after that video was originally released. The border wall system consists not only of physical barrier, but also lighting, patrol roads, and detection technology. While the physical barrier serves to slow down illicit traffic, the detection technology alerts our agents as to where and when threats emerge. And the kid, because it was a 16-year-old boy who hopped the border, was caught and arrested. The wall is just one part of a whole ecosystem that works. Now, notice it wasn't a caravan of thousands of people going over that wall because guess what? They can't. It wouldn't work. It was one guy and he was arrested. And we always knew that the, wall, the wall's not going to stop 100% of illegal aliens from crossing. It will do close to it, but it's not going to be completely 100. Even Israel can't brag that stat. You know, 99, not always 100. And we didn't think that. We're not idiots. But the angry leftists who pile onto these tweets think we are. So she posted a video of an event in a completely different location with a different type of fence and even a different type of ladder to accompany an article about a border fence that is dated and not going to be used as part of Trump's new system. And it went viral. Do facts matter anymore? Apparently not. Misinformation and outright lies are everywhere. I mean, we have a lot of work left, obviously, to do with our immigration system. But as far as progress on the border wall, we should be happy that we are finally getting good news. So you better enjoy it because the leftists are trying to ruin that good news for you. All right. Michael Bloomberg, Mayor Mini Mike, 
is making a late entry into the race, but it's actually, it's actually a rather successful one, at least so far, at least so far. But he's garnered 19% support in a national poll and is leading in the critical state of Florida. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal any way you look at it. I mean, despite all of his cringe ads, despite his absurd plays or whatever those were that we showed you yesterday, he is, in fact, quickly on the rise. Our guest today, Jesse Kelly of The Jesse Kelly Show on iHeartRadio, says there's no stopping him now, in the primary at least, and he will, in fact, be the nominee for the Democrat Party. Jesse Kelly joins us now. Jesse, great to have you. Uh, good to be here, man. He's going to be the nominee. I'm telling you, that kind of buying power makes people feel like they're voting for a celebrity. And it makes people feel like he's a front runner. When you turn on the news every single night, it's Mike Bloomberg there. He's there in the NFL games. He's there at everything you watch. And that that cements something in your mind. Right. He's spent, I think it's over $400 million on ads. Uh, I would I would go bankrupt if that were me spending the money. Um, but he spent a lot of money. You compare that to the other candidates, and it's, it's, it's much more than any other candidate has spent on ads. So in some ways, he's, he's, is it fair to say he's buying the uh, primary election at least? Well, that's one way to put it. But look, I mean, the truth of the matter is money matters in politics. He's earned his money. I'm not a Bloomberg fan, but he's earned it. And now he's spending it on what he chooses to spend it on. I will say it's a little bit creepy that a man with $60 billion is choosing to run for president and dump all of his money into, well, or at least a lot of his money into a presidential race. I mean, when you're worth $60 billion, you should be eating grapes with the Russian bikini team on a yacht in the Mediterranean somewhere instead of campaigning at pancake breakfasts in Virginia. Nevertheless, that's what he's doing. So it's creepy, but it's not buying the election. It is, though, testing the theory, you know, you can't buy an election because, look, you can always buy somebody. Everybody has a price at some point in time. I can tell you I would never rob a bank, but if you told me I was going to take a billion dollars and not get caught, I might think about it. Yeah, I might consider it. Might uh, I mean, the fact of the matter is that the idea of money matters in politics was kind of shattered by by Trump because Trump spent relatively little compared to his opponent, Hillary, and still absolutely crushed her in the election. So, you know, we've been operating off of the idea that maybe money isn't as important as people think it is. Bloomberg's kind of coming back and saying, uh, no, I'll prove that theory wrong. And so far, it seems to be working for him. My question is, once he's put on the debate stage and once he actually has to interact with other candidates and it's not just, you know, because uh, he's not going on TV. He's not doing he's not doing, you know, um, confrontational interviews or any of that. He's carefully packaging his message. And my question is, once he goes uh, against other candidates, is he still going to have that same level of success? It's only going to go up. It's only going to improve his success you to be on so? the debate really? stage. What's going to happen is, John, he's going to get on that debate stage and Elizabeth Warren's going to do her turkey gobble thing at him. And Bernie Sanders is going to be talking about billionaires suck. And Pete Buttigieg is going to be his, you know, bitter, nasty self that he is towards him. And what they're going to do is the same thing all the GOP candidates did during our primary is they're going to make the debate all about Trump by trying to take down Trump. Well, the Democrats are going to do the same thing with Bloomberg. They're going to make the debate all about Bloomberg. And you can say that hurts him. It does not. If he's the one everyone's talking about, there's your nominee. Here's the thing. Trump, and this is evinced by his visiting NASCAR um, over the weekend, Trump actually ran on a 
things. He wants to close the border. Uh, you know, he wants to uh, a, a number of things that he ran on, and, you know, trade he, he ran on and he actually won on that to a lot of conservative surprise. Um, but the and, and reducing crime and getting tough on crime. Those are all things that Trump ran on getting out of the Middle East wars. He ran on that. Uh, he ran on issues, but he also seems to care about the American people. Bloomberg's snobbery, I think, is going to get in his way because Bloomberg is not as, uh, you know, charismatic. In fact, Bloomberg, I mean, uh, is about as charismatic as my left toenail. He has no charisma. He's not able to actually have that same connection with people that Trump is having. And so ultimately, I wonder if that's going to work in his favor when people actually interact with him. They're not going to be as uh, enamored by him as they were by Trump's sheer um, charisma. Oh, I agree. I don't, I don't think he's going to be president. I don't think, frankly, Trump is beatable at this point in time. As long as the economy stays this strong, the country's happy. His approval numbers are up. Democrat approval numbers are down. So, And look, you're right. Bloomberg just does not come off as like a pleasant human being. Even when he's trying to smile, he always looks like he just bit into a bad piece of fruit or something like that <laughs> while stubbing his toe at the same time. He just, he, he comes off like one he is. He's a rich, snobby New York billionaire who kind of thinks that he should be in charge of everyone and really kind of looks down on the peasants. I mean, that's what he is. Now, he ain't perfect, but he has so much money and they're going to, the other candidates are going to make the big mistake of going after him. I'm telling you, he's going to be the nominee. I mean, I, 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 I'm not doubting you. I just I think that that is incredible that you, he can just buy his way straight on in, you know, doesn't have to participate in none, any of the nonsense. He's missed most of the debates. Um, but because of his sheer uh, bottom line, he can actually get into this race and be successful. He's talking about black and Latino America and the amount of crime that they commit disproportionate to whites. Let's watch cohort of black and Latino males age, let's say, 16 to 25, that don't have jobs, don't have any prospects, don't know how to find jobs, don't know uh, that they, what their skill sets are, don't know how to behave in the workplace where they let, have to work collaboratively. Me, I, let, so he's not exactly, uh, he's not, he can't say this, but he's not exactly wrong. And you have people on the right saying, well, he's a racist and blah, 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 blah. I mean, those are the stats. And, and when it comes to issues such as uh, stop and frisk, you know, he's talking about he worded it horribly, but talking about, you know, throwing police into minority neighborhoods because that's where most of the crime is. Uh, he's not exactly wrong on that. And my question is, you have allegations that he's told women just kill the baby. Shouldn't conservatives be focusing more on that if he is, in fact, going to be the nominee, the actually outrageous stuff? They should. You're 100. You are 1 million percent right on this. What everything Bloomberg just said in that video, it's one of these issues where everyone will have to pretend to be outraged about. It. I can't believe he said that. He's a racist. And while secretly everyone will be like, oh, yeah, you know, that's kind of true. I actually agree with it. It's just because we live in a shame society. People don't want to admit that they agree with him on that. You are 1 million percent right. That little opposition research thing that somebody dumped on him that they think is going to hurt him is not going to hurt him at all. Now, I will say this. As you can see, I'm clearly white and you are clearly not. So what? that will probably you probably have a better opinion on this than I do. I don't know whether or not that will hurt him within the black community, which is a big, big voting block, especially in some of these upcoming states. He does need some black votes to win these states. So I can't I can't speak to that. But I, I suspect uh, there are plenty of black and Latino people out there who will also agree with that. 
No, he's, I mean, he's going up in the polls with Black, so it, it's clearly not hurting him. I'm going to end with you, Jesse, saying that I'm a million percent right. I think that's a perfect spot to, uh, to end this interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Jesse. We appreciate it. Be good, my man. All right, that's all we have time for today, folks. Remember, as always, you can get the White House Brief as a podcast, so if you're on the go, you can still never miss an episode. Remember to subscribe to it, rate it, and review it, which helps us out a bunch. Thanks for watching, and we will see you all soon. Hey, guys, thank you for listening to the White House Brief podcast. If you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate it, and if you feel like doing it, please leave a review. It really helps us out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.